Hi guys, and welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. My name is Lena Abijamra, and I'm your host. As usual, it's great to be back with you. If you've never checked in with here before, welcome. And if you've been here before, then you know that we are all about giving biblical truth for everyday life. My goal in this podcast is to give hope for the Christian in a post-Christian world. And right now, we are in a great open-ended series called Dear Lena, where I answer questions about faith, life, culture, God, and everything in between. So if you have a question about God and culture, please send it to me at dearlina, L-I-N-A, at livingwithpower.org. As usual, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and uh, don't forget to share it with your friends later. I'll remind you of that at the end of the show. Uh, Today, we've got a very controversial question. Uh, I guess I never thought it would be controversial, but there's been about five or so years ago, there was a lot of kind of hype about this, and this continues to be a very big postmodern issue. And so let me, let me, without further ado, give you the question for today and then to give you three thoughts. As usual, every week I give you three thoughts to help us think biblically through a framework of, of uh, uh, thoughts on how to approach these difficult questions. And I know that so many of these questions will drive you to want to find out more about the topic. But again, in the short time that we have together, the goal is to give you a, a way of thinking. I'm an ER doctor. I like to fix problems. And so uh, one of those ways is to help us uh, concisely communicate biblical truth in a way that is uh, loving but truthful as usual. So here's a question for today. Someone wrote in, Dear Lena, is hell real? And do you really think a good God would send people to hell? Is hell real? And do you really think a good God would send people to hell? There was a famous uh, Christian author a few years ago that wrote a book that basically discounted hell and uh, there were strong opinions on it. Some people have embraced his thought and uh, and, and have walked in that path. In fact, there's a, probably a big split in, in uh, Christian uh, opinion today, and there's an emergent sort of postmodern, um, uh, and I would say false way of thinking that would deny the existence of hell. But again, we uh, are not going to base our thoughts on what I think, but on God's word. And so a lot of scripture that we can go to in a minute, but let me, let me again frame this discussion with three big ideas. First of all is this, while it's uncomfortable to talk about hell, it's even more uncomfortable to end up there if it's real. I I mean, this goes without saying. Let me read that again. Uh, While it's uncomfortable to talk about hell, it's even more uncomfortable to end up there if it's real. Now, there's a great parable that Jesus told in Luke 16, 14 through 31. It's a story about the rich man and Lazarus. This is not the Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. This is the Lazarus who um, was the poor man who was sat at the gate of the the, uh, temple. And basically, the rich man ignored him and had a great life. And then he died. And the rich man basically ends up in uh, in hell. And... uh, Uh, And basically the rich man, um, it it says the rich man also died in Luke chapter uh, 16, verse 21, um, uh, verse actually 20. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, in hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things, but now he's comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great schasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. Um, a very sad parable that Jesus uh, told and, and, uh, 
You might say, well, what if he was talking figuratively about this? You might think that, except that uh, this is not an isolated mention of hell in the Bible. Hell appears 54 times in the Bible. Some of the uh, landmark passages, probably, uh, I'll take you to Revelation in a minute, um, but Second uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 4, of course, the Gospels, the Gospels are the focus on Jesus and his life and his, his, the things that he said. And in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, um, we're told Jesus speaks these words, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, rather in fear him who can destroy both body uh, and soul in hell. Uh, Matthew 25, verses uh, 46, here we can just turn there with me for a second, and I'll, we'll go back to our outline of, of my thoughts, but let me just give you a few more scriptures. Matthew 25, verse 46 uh, says, uh, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal hell. Uh, verse 41, before that, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And uh, Mark 9:43. if you're taking notes, Matthew 13, 42. But let me take you all the way back to, to Revelation, which is probably uh, sort of the most uh, sobering uh, words about hell. Uh, of course, we see the, some of the conversation about Satan and how he'll be put into um, the lake of fire. Chapter uh, 20, Revelations, verse 10. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. All right. Uh, chapter 21. And we'll sort of finish on that also before I go back to my thoughts. But uh, he, this is, by the way, chapter 21 of Revelation for the Christian is one of the most exciting passages of scripture because it is the promise of what is to come for us this is where with jesus or god talks about the new heaven and the new earth and how there will be no more tears or fear or mourning and uh and you keep reading and and verse uh, eight says um but as for the cowardly the faithless the detestable the murderers the sexually more he lists all of these sorcerers idolaters all liars their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur which is the second death and um uh, that's sobering. Uh, I could go on. I'll stop right here to say this. While it's uncomfortable to talk about hell, it's even more uncomfortable to end up there if it's real. We don't get to decide if hell is real. God does. God does. It's not our plan. It's not whether we think, you know, we uh, are, are, are very presumptuous. Even the person who wrote and people who continue to claim there is no hell, is it's a presumptuous uh, approach to think that uh, we can dictate to God what we think is fair and just and right. Uh, God created this world, and God gave us a book, the Bible, and uh, God decides how it will end. Now, he, in his mercy and grace, has given us today to receive him, and he's also given us his word to prepare us. And so we don't get to decide this. God does. It's not about us liking it. There's a reality, and we have to conform to what God has given us. So we don't get to discount the reality of hell by simply acting like it's not there. Uh, that's horrible. You can't just ignore it and act like it's not, not there. I think it's unfair and we'll get to other people. I mean, this is just, just ridiculous to me how you could, it's like, it's like ignoring that there's a cure for, for a cancer. Leukemia now has a cure of over 90% in kids. You can't ignore the fact that there's a treatment. If you diagnose somebody with cancer, you've got to be able to treat them. You've got to make the diagnosis. It is unconscionable to me as a doctor not to do the blood test that will give you the answer for, for, for the, the illness that is there and then to give the treatment for the illness. And so God gives gives us the, the disease and the treatment and the way to do it and it's free and we say to him well we don't agree with it and we don't believe in it well that's arrogant and uh furthermore it's 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 hateful and cruel so we don't get out of hell by twisting scripture to make it more palatable to us and i believe so many people have done that they've thought that we could just change what the bible says because we don't like it we've done this with so many things but with this issue of hell um it, it, scripture is so full of indication that there will be an eternity separated from 
from God in a burning literal hell. I believe that that is scriptural. And, uh, and, and it is un while it's uncomfortable to talk about it, it's even more uncomfortable to end up there if it's real. All right, here's a second big idea. While it's uncomfortable to think that God might send people to hell, because that's the accusation. While it's uncomfortable to think that God might send people to hell, it's even more uncomfortable to admit that it's not God, but our sin that sends us to hell. Uh, the famous John 3.16, you know, we all are so familiar with that verse, but if you read the verses around it, so I'm going to go there here for a second. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Then he goes on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now, verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Basically, we're already condemned. We're already separated from God. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about it. We, are, we were once separated from God, but God who is rich in mercy extends his son Jesus to us. God's word teaches us that we are condemned to hell already. God's word tells us about his love that saves us from the clutches of hell. God's word tells us the story of God's son who gave his life to free us from hell. Uh, Colossians is, is another great reminder of what happens at salvation. Uh, Paul writes... Um, he, Jesus, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That is the good news of the gospel. God did so love the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So, it, so while it's uncomfortable to think that God might send people to hell, he doesn't. Our sin sends us to hell. It's even more uncomfortable to admit. Listen, it is uncomfortable to admit that it is our sin that sends us to hell. It takes humility to admit that I am born a sinner. The Bible teaches that there's no one good, no, not one. Right now, there's this, there's this post-Christian idea, this post-modern, post-Christian idea that believes that man is basically good. There are many people who call themselves Christians who believe that man is born good. Uh, while, while men and women try to do good, we are in, in our nature born sinners. And again, I point you to Ephesians chapter 2 for a great discussion of what we used to be before Christ and what, and what God has done for us in his mercy. Uh, the scripture, again, teaches abundantly in the New Testament on, on, on the gift of salvation and how God, um, uh, because of his righteousness, uh, saves us from uh, our uh, sinful state and brings us into uh, eternal relationship with him. Uh, I love uh, Titus chapter 2, but for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great and savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, it is, is incredible. I mean, so we, people get so caught up on the conversations of hell that you miss the beauty of Jesus Christ and the mercy of a savior who gave us his life freely so that we are by grace saved through faith, not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. All right. And here's a third big idea. While it's uncomfortable to talk about hell with others, it's even more uncomfortable to convince people of hell without depending on God to open their eyes to it. I'm going to say that again, all right? Um, uh, listen, the first point in this outline uh, is this personal idea that, that we don't want to end in hell. It, it, it's more uncomfortable to end up in hell if it's real. So, so don't assume it's not. Uh, study scripture. See what God says about hell. Understand what he says about how you, can, how you can escape hell and put your trust in him, all right? And so secondly, stop blaming God 
you know, while it's uncomfortable to think that God sends people to hell, admit that it is my sin. And, and you say, well, I'll never admit it because I'm not that bad of a person. There it is right there. That's the pride that we're talking about. It is the same pride that got Satan uh, to be Satan. He was an angel. The, he was uh, in the cherub and he uh, became uh, the uh, enemy of God because of his pride. And so uh, let's not let pride stand in the way of our relationship with the Lord. But now, while it's uncomfortable, point number three, to talk about hell with others. Everybody's uncomfortable talking about hell with others because it's, you know, people go, what kind of God do you serve that would send people to hell? And and there's a defensiveness that comes up and there's a, almost we're ashamed of God, which is ridiculous because it's the opposite of that. Satan makes us think that, oh yeah, how could God do this? God didn't do it. We're already doomed. Uh, and so what's un- what's more uncomfortable is to try to convince people of hell without depending on God to open their eyes to it. Remember that all of this work of salvation happens because of God's mercy in Ephesians 2, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. All right, this is incredible. In the rest of Ephesians chapter 2, he goes on and talks about what we used to be and what we have become. You say, how does that happen? That seems like such a big job. It is a big job, and it is a job that can only be accomplished by a very big God who loves us with a very big love and who paid a very big sacrifice so that we could be part of his very, very big family. And so um, uh, you and I cannot convince people of the truth, but the Holy Spirit can and does daily. There are people today who are giving their lives to Jesus. Some of you listening right now have never heard it. I mean, maybe you've heard the words, but it's never penetrating, penetrated your heart. And today you're listening to this podcast and the Holy Spirit of God, and we're praying for that, that God's Spirit would enlighten your heart and remove the veil and uh, give you understanding. I believe it's 2 Corinthians where Paul talks about, about what happens in salvation, how, how the veil is removed and then we can see. Only God can truly convince his people of the truth. Only God allows us to be part of his story by allowing us to share what we know with others. We're all part of the story of salvation. If you know the Lord, God is using you to extend the gift of salvation to others. I don't know why God has chosen us to be the instruments, the vessels, to extend this good news of grace and mercy to others. But that's how he did it. Does he need us? No. Is it a gift to be used by God in that way? Absolutely. And so what are you doing, first of all, about hell in your life? Are you are you living with an awareness of the seriousness of what eternity is all about? Or have you forgotten, Christian, of the price that people will pay for their not knowing the message of salvation or for us not begging them? to turn their hearts from sin to the living God. Listen, we play a part in this, but let's also be on our knees praying for those people in our life who will be like this. I read you that parable in Luke. There are so many rich men who are going to, who are crying out from the pit of hell going, please send somebody and tell my family. The part I didn't read you in Luke chapter, um, in the parable of Luke chapter 16, at the very end, he he says um, in verse 27, I beg you, father, send Lazarus to my father's house for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. And he answers, no, father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. 
Jesus did rise from the dead, and uh, it is our privilege to keep pointing to him in the lives of those that come across our path so that they too might get to know this God who is rich in mercy and rich in grace, who sticks his hand and grabs us out of the pit of hell and puts us on the path of righteousness and gives us free life. He's taken us out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. Are you part of that kingdom? Do you, don't you long to be, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can receive him today. And if you know him, let's spend the rest of our lives telling people with urgency so that they would have an eternity with him as well. Hey, I love you guys. I'm excited to serve the Lord Jesus with you. There's no life greater than the life of serving Jesus. In fact, I always say in the morning minutes, it is an awesome thing uh, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, share this podcast with someone, uh, click on the like button, uh, you know, just just do what everybody does with these things. Uh, let people know about them and come back next week. In the meantime, if you've got questions for me, send them to dearlina at livingwithpower.org. Also, why don't you go to my website, livingwithpower.org. There's so much there that you can enjoy. We've got an app that's beautiful, easy to use, and that will give you access to Bible studies of all sizes and, and length and, and videos and audio and you name it, we've got it. But mostly, if you want to join our community group on Thursday nights at 7 p.m., I teach at uh, Facebook and you can join that by going to livingwithpower.org and click on the blue box that says join our our community at the top of the page. Hey, come back next week. In the meantime, have a great day. I'm going to be praying that God will connect you with someone who needs to know about Jesus today. Love you guys.